This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri land, and this is the full story. This is what the war in Sudan looks like on the ground. Every day, there are more reports of arson, looting, murder. It's been a month since war broke out in Sudan between rival military groups. Hundreds of Australians have fled Sudan, and at least 36 Australians and their family members have now been evacuated. But about 100 Australians still remain in the war zone. And a number of Sudanese nationals are now trapped in Australia, unable to return home. Sudan is a big country, and it's got about 45 million people in it. And they've all been impacted by this crisis. Now, Sudanese Australians are calling for the Albanese government to provide more funding for humanitarian aid and greater certainty for those seeking Australia's protection. That's a human crisis of massive scale. Today, watching the war unfold from Australia. It's Thursday, the 17th of May. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Um, I remember I was, um, I was just home. It was, um, was making a cup of tea and then my mother-in-law tells me, have you heard about the bombing in Sudan? And I was like, uh, yeah, I saw a post about it on Twitter. Sara Sinada is a Sudanese-Australian based in Melbourne. She's currently a disaster risk program manager with Plan International. And she was like, it's big. And then in my head, it didn't quite sink in. I was like, it's probably, it's probably not that big. No one got hurt, that's for sure. She watches online as violence breaks out across Sudan. And then it just went on from there. Welcome back. The UN is out with some new dire warnings about a worsening humanitarian crisis in Sudan amid the ongoing conflict. The fighting is simply a, a fight over power. In Sudan, airstrikes rocked the capital Khartoum today as another truce between the country's warring generals appeared to collapse. In the end, it was sort of like the, the worst case scenario. Despite multiple ceasefire attempts, fighting between the two warring military factions has continued now for almost a month. When you're fighting over power, most power is in the capital. So that's the center of the battle. At least 600 people have died since violence first broke out nearly a month ago. The UN estimates around 200,000 people have fled to neighboring countries. If we're trying to imagine this happening in Melbourne, it would be happening in CBD. And that's where most of my family was, and a lot of my friends. And were you 
able to make contact with your family that was still living in Khartoum? Yeah, immediately I was able to get in touch with them. But then as the fighting kept escalating, it was becoming really hard to reach them. Internet and phone lines were unstable. And that added to the fear component because, you know, when you speak to them, you can hear the the weapons and you can hear the the bombs in the background and uh, to not hear from someone who's in that situation can be quite nerve-wracking. As chance would have it, Sarah's mum and her mother-in-law were both in Australia when the fighting broke out back home. They, they came to visit me to see their grandchild whom they've never seen and the war broke out while they're on holiday. I think I would have gone crazy. <laughs> Had she been there in the middle of all this and having to worry about getting her out, Mm. it's been quite stressful as well because they left their entire life behind, everything. Just think of yourself going on holiday somewhere and then never being able to access your home again. And how are they coping at the moment? Uh, Some days are better than others. It was especially hard at first because, you know, my brother was still trapped in the war zone, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, the rest of my family, grandmother. So they were extremely worried about their other children, their mothers. So it was quite stressful for them. However, uh, thankfully, we they, they all managed to flee um, and cross the border over to Egypt. And so what are your hopes now for your family who are in Egypt and also for your mother and your mother-in-law that are here with you now? Well, my hope is for the war to stop and that for everyone to be able to go home. That's my ultimate hope. The second best scenario for us now is to just be together. So my hope is for all of us to be together. While you're trying to find out what's happening with your family back home and also comforting and supporting your mother and your mother-in-law here and your family here, you're also, you've also got your humanitarian aid hat on and, and you're still working in that space. Can you tell me a little bit about what your day-to-day is like and, and what your role currently involves? So my role is uh, within the disaster risk management team at Plan International. So our work is mainly dealing with um, crises everywhere. And then it took on a whole new perspective when overnight my entire family became refugees and and internally displaced persons. And you get get to see it with another lens. It's very different when it's your own family. And then you have all this depth associated with, with this experience and all this pain. And, and so what have you what have you and your team at Plan been able to organise in the way of humanitarian aid for Sudan in the time that it's taken since the, the fighting broke out a month ago? There's been this rising challenge um, within the humanitarian sector. Even though uh, humanitarian crises have been on the rise globally, like we've seen crises of massive measures like never before, like the hunger crisis that's been happening in the Horn of Africa. It's the worst we've seen in 30 years. Like, um, you know, the the war in Ukraine, and that's still ongoing. So we've seen, like, really massive crises. But unfortunately, the amount of funding coming from governments who are willing to step up and rise to these occasions has not been equivalent to the size of the crisis. So we're having to manage with very little resources, So what we're doing now is trying to focus on those that need the most help and those who we can actually get help to because Sudan is currently a war zone and it's not easy to get support everywhere that needs support. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at ways um, to provide support for those trapped along the border. And from my personal experience of my family, 
But I know is that a lot of people are dying along those borders without necessarily having to. It's very preventable. And you find people who've got like really urgent medical needs, like cancer patients, like people who are in need of dialysis, and they're just stuck on the border, unable to cross because they need visas. And you know, dying because there's no humanitarian assistance, no medical support, no mobile clinics. So that's the kind of interventions that we're planning at the moment. Next, what is Australia doing to help Sudanese people fleeing the war? Laura Murphy-Oates here. This month marks Guardian Australia's 10th anniversary, so we're putting on a special public event to celebrate. If you live in Sydney, come join us on Thursday the 25th of May to hear directly from Guardian Australia editors and journalists as they unpick the biggest moments of the past 10 years and let you in on what we have in store for the future. Tickets are selling fast, so search Guardian Birthday and Seymour Centre on Google or find us on the Seymour Centre website. You can also watch the live stream of the event at Guardian Australia's YouTube page. See you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're in touch with other members of the Sudanese Australian community at the moment who are all worried understandably for their family over in Sudan. What is the community calling for now from in terms of assistance for relatives over in Sudan? Yeah, so the Sudanese-Australian community came together very strongly, united by this massive grief and fear for family members back in Sudan. So um, we've come together and agreed on some basic asks of the Australian government. First and foremost was the evacuation of Australians from Sudan, as well as family members of Australians in Sudan. It was tough at first, but we started seeing success and many people have evacuated. Some are still struggling for many reasons. And I believe that the department is still working with them to try to get them out, which is good. And then the second ask was related to humanitarian visas. It's a human right for refugees to be able to reunite with their families. And a lot of our family members are now refugees in waiting. There has been no clarity on how relatives of Sudanese Australians 
are able to come into Australia. And there has been no announcements on expediting the processing of humanitarian visas or increasing humanitarian visa intakes. Australia has provided an initial $6 million in in humanitarian assistance to Sudan. What more would you like to see from the Australian government? Um, I think it was a really a sign of great goodwill from the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade to, you know, offer this initial six million. However, the, the, the request from Australian NGOs was far more than that. And that is mainly due to the fact that the crisis is huge. Sudan is a big country and it's got about 45 million people in it. And they've all been impacted by this crisis. Mm. All because the scale of the war that's happening right now is massive. Mm. It's no less than what happened in Ukraine, except that the media is not really picking it up as well as it picked up what was happening in Ukraine. And if you speak to any Ukrainian during the war, they would tell you that everything that you were seeing in the news back then is only a fraction of what was actually happening. So you can only imagine how it is for Sudan right now, what's happening, what the media is capturing is a fraction of a fraction. So the support that's actually needed from from the the Australian government is way bigger in terms of not only funding going to humanitarian assistance, but also in terms of recognising how it impacts Australians that are connected to Sudan, Australians who are of Sudanese origin, as well as Sudanese people who are trapped here in Australia, That's a human crisis of massive scale. We know that there's been an agreement reached with the two arms of the military regime to allow humanitarian aid in, but there's no ceasefire in place at the moment. Do we know anything else about the current conditions in Sudan in the war zone? Well, sadly, this agreement has not really led to anything solid on the ground. We're not seeing any ceasefires. Um, In terms of humanitarian assistance, what we can count on is the good people on the ground, the people who are there, who have been there since day one of this war, putting their lives in danger to actually get help to where it's needed. Because what we're seeing is a lot of cries for help on social media, people needing certain medicine, um, and pharmacies are all closed so they can't access it. People, women giving birth and needing um, a doctor or midwife in their own homes. But those who stayed there and responded to the crisis, got to houses that needed food and needed water and provided them, are the um, neighborhood committees um, that have been there since the revolution. Uh, They're groups of organized young people who have just been providing services to their neighborhoods. It is um, the doctor's union who continued to work in hospitals that barely had any medical supplies with um, in, in extremely dangerous situations. So these are people who have, who, who have kept things going and who have kept life going in very difficult circumstances. And this is the work that we as PLAN hope to build on and hope to complement and hope to support, to be able to support more people on a larger and wider scale and save more lives that, that really don't need to be lost. Is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of what you want people to know about what you and others like you are dealing with at the moment? I think one of the things that hurt the most is the fact that what's happening in Sudan is big. I get how helpless one can feel when they see something at 
such a massive scale happening and thinking, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, what's my role? Two psychopaths are battling out in the streets of Khartoum. What can I do about it? But there's a lot that we can do. I mean, I, I, I was close to sinking into depression, thinking about how helpless the situation is. But then it's sort of like a light bulb moment when while there's nothing we can change about the fact that there is a war in Sudan, there's a lot we can do about lessening the impact of it on the people who are experiencing it. And the people who are experiencing it are not just the Sudanese people who are trapped in Sudan, who we can help with humanitarian assistance. And it's not just the people who are fleeing the country to other countries, Sudanese people that you meet here, Sudanese Australians that you meet here. As a voter, you can ask for things like pushing this forward, making it a priority for our government to act to stop this war, push for the ceasefire, accept those who are fleeing their own homes. And instead of thinking of them as people who are trying to steal the resources of the country, they're just people who are trying to live in peace with their family members somewhere safe. That was Sarah Sinata, a disaster risk management program manager for Plan International. Full Story sent questions to the Department of Home Affairs and the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade on the Australian government's humanitarian response to the war in Sudan, but they did not respond by our deadline. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and myself, sound design and mixing by Joe Koning, who also composed our theme music. The executive producer for this episode was Miles Martignoni. I'm Jane Lee. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.